welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Good morning, everybody. I felt like my college experience met the police right there with that tune. Anybody else? That song? Man, uh, we were talking about that and we're like, wow, could we do it? I mean, it's an oldie but a goodie, right? And I said, well, Ben, if there's anybody I trust in the world to take an old song like that and make it cool and present, it would be you. So, dynamite. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, My name's Micah. If we haven't met, we are in a series. We're actually wrapping up a series today. We're finishing a series called Channels. And uh, we've taken uh, about seven weeks and really kind of explored and looked at a number of different spiritual disciplines and practices so um, just before we jump into today's topic, uh, the last couple of weeks, I forgot to do this last week, and um, I was gone for a couple of weeks and then jumped back in, so it escaped my mind, but we have been taking just a little bit of time and sharing, if anybody would like to, uh, just different ways that this has kind of been landing with you. So three weeks ago, Lane talked about simplicity. Last week, we talked about secrecy. So um, obviously, if you want to share about that, we don't want you to tell your secret, but if you want to share like you know, um, uh, what the experience was like, uh, if, you know, obviously if you were to share, it kind of defeats the purpose of you doing something in secret. So, but is there anybody that, that wants to share, uh, just briefly some of the ways that this series has, has, uh, kind of impacted you or influenced you or changed the way you've been thinking about God's spiritual things? Anybody, anybody jump in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, makes you a lot more self-aware and allows you to clear your mind and focus on different things around you. Yeah, definitely. And then um, simplicity helps me because then I can kind of uh, There we go. Got a garage sale coming up by chance? No? I'm looking to ga- got a garage sale coming up. I'm looking to pick up a few things. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I probably don't want those. Cool. Thanks, Kyle. Anybody else? Don't be shy. Don't forget, this is uh, this is Minnesota and it's church, but we're trying to do it a little different here. So feel free to speak up. Permission to speak freely, Sergeant, Soldier, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, Sadie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I had I had that experience a couple times where it's like I really want to say something, like encourage somebody, um, but uh, so I think there's it puts you in an interesting spot to really expose and question why am I wanting to do this, but then yeah, you can use these things for good, and that's like blessings. Go for it. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Anybody else? Wherever you are. Hmm. Cool. 
Yeah, you find what you're looking for, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I had an instance of that happening this week on a totally another topic, but thanks for sharing, Elaine. Anybody else? All right, well, thank you for sharing those that did. Uh, I'm sure that every, and by the way, usually when, when we do this, I'll you know be chatting with somebody afterwards and be like, oh yeah, I was going to share this and I didn't. I'm like, thanks a lot. Uh, it's cool, whatever. So I know that I know that this has been uh, this has tapped into something for our community, which is a good thing. So let me start this morning by saying this: Exodus 34, Moses, Moses receives the Ten Commandments. Uh, Esther chapters four through seven or so, uh, a plot is exposed uh, to essentially annihilate the Jewish people. Uh, by a gal named Esther and her friends. First Samuel 1, Hannah prays, and uh, God gives her a child named Samuel. Uh, then in First Samuel chapter 7, the Ark of the Covenant is returned to the Israelite people, and Samuel leads the people. This is right before they ask for a king, and everything kind of goes downhill from there. Second uh, Samuel 12, David is, uh, is called out by Nathan after his little indiscretion with Bathsheba. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, the Lord appears to Elijah on Mount Moriah. It's the whole earthquake, wind, fire thing, and then God comes in the silent whisper. Uh, Jonah chapter 3, in the repenting of this whole group of people called the Ninevites. These people were, were horrific, according to Jonah and the scriptures. Uh, Ezra 10, the Israelites return from the Babylonian exile, and Ezra reintroduces the people to the Torah. It had been totally lost to them. Nehemiah chapter 9, the same story, the Israelites coming back from exile. Uh, Nehemiah rebuilds the wall of Jer- in Jerusalem, or excuse me, the temple in Jerusalem. No, it's the wall. Anybody? Anybody? It's the wall. Thank you. I knew it was one of those. He be- rebuilds the wall. Daniel chapter 9, of course you know the story, Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, Joel chapter 2, there's this prophecy where Yahweh says that he'll pour out his spirit on the sons and the daughters of Israel. Luke chapter 2, this woman named Anna declares something about Jesus and his vocation, that he's going to be the Messiah. Uh, Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes out into the desert. Luke, or excuse me, Acts chapter 9, Saul is converted, uh, becomes Paul. Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are uh, sent off on one of their first missionary journeys. And then Acts chapter 14, um, Acts and, and or Paul and Barnabas are commissioning the first leaders of the new church of Jesus Christ in the world. Does anyone have any idea what every single one of these stories has in common? No. They all begin with a fast. Can you believe that? Fasting, like not eating, fasting. So that's what we're talking about this week. And as I was researching and studying this, I was absolutely blown away. Literally, Almost every major story in the Bible, every major character that you know of in the Bible, at some point in their, in, their, in their life, and most of the time connected to the stories that are recorded in the Bible, there is a fast involved, nearly every single one of them. Now, how many people would say that fasting is totally underrated according to what we just read about in the scriptures, or underutilized or under-talked about in the church? Yeah, all of you should be raising your hand at this point, okay? Not a trick question. Um, <laughs> Nearly every major religion uh, on, the, on the planet has talked about fasting from the major ones, for sure, Judaism, Christianity, Buddhism, uh, uh, Islam, all of them, Gandhi, Muhammad, Buddha, all, Jesus, they've all participated and encouraged fasting. Even Hippocrates, if you guys know anything about medicine, you get the Hippocratic Oath, uh-huh. a couple of our doctor friends here. Um, the Hippocratic Oath, uh, Hipp- Hippocrates says that um, he believed that fasting enabled the body to heal itself. 
So fasting, this interesting little thing of denying oneself of food, has a huge, long tradition uh, and, and history in religion and spiritual practices, but also in medical practice. Uh, it has been a part of the human experience long before Jesus ever shows up on the scene and is a part of it long after. Now, here's what, I, here's what we're not going to do this morning, or what we can't do. We can't answer every question about fasting. We can't go into every detail about, uh, about the spiritual things of fasting. We can't... Um, uh, I can't alleviate any of your anxiety about fasting. Do any of you, th- when the possibility or the thought of like fasting, not eating for a per- particular period of time, you get a little nervous, a little anxious? Yeah, uh, we can't do everything. Thank you, Bob. We can't do everything. I do. It, it, it makes me like sweat and get all nerv- nervous. Um, so we can't do everything with fasting. But what I want to do this morning is just open, uh, sort of open the can, if you will. I would like to just crack open the, 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 the seal or this little nugget of truth in, in fasting and at least get us started in the conversation. And I want to do that by doing two things. I want to start by just offering a couple of brief thoughts on like, just the spiritual benefits of fasting. So when you think about fasting, what are some of the benefits of, according to the scriptures and according to people that have been doing this um, for spiritual things? And then I'm going to invite Katie, who's uh, a, one of our Awaken members, who is a personal trainer and well-studied in nutrition and kind of how the human body works. And she's going to share uh, with, uh, with me and, and us uh, some of the physical benefits of fasting. What's happening in your body when you fast? It's going to be really fascinating. <laughs> oh, man. That was not in the script. That was, I'm just saying, I came up with that on the spot, right there. Thank you very much. I will be here all week. So, uh, definition of fasting. Let's just start there. Definition of fasting, according to the dictionary, an abstinence from all food or drink except for water for a prescribed period of time. So this is fasting in its, mo- in its essence, like uh, the, the, the truest form of it, if you will. There are certainly all kinds of other fasts. Some of us fasted from Facebook this week for a particular reason. Some of us fast from other things. Um, so this is, this is just according to the dictionary. But um, let's jump in. A couple of brief spiritual benefits for fasting. Number one, I would say this, and I've, I've been really wrestling with this uh, this week, and I've been doing some study and even some of my own work uh, related to this, but... I would say this, that you and I, when we fast or when, we, when, when people fast, they open themselves up to new things or you become open to something new or a new way of seeing it. Um, I had a prof in college, one of my youth ministry professors, who said that you can do three to six months of ministry work in a three-day weekend retreat with students. Like, what is it about retreats? Why do people go on pilgrimages? Um, this is something that people have been doing for ages. Because when we're out of our normal, everyday routines and locations... Right? We're somehow opened up to something new and different or seeing the world differently. It's like all of the mundane routine things that almost become autonomic, like we don't think about them. When we dislocate ourselves and put ourselves in a new location, there's something different that happens to us or we're open to new things. And I would suggest that with fasting, similarly, we sort of like relocate uh, our minds and our bodies uh, as it relates to food. And when we do that, we become open to something new. We become open to seeing God in a new way. We become open to seeing ourselves in new ways and other people around us in new ways. And Katie's going to talk a little bit about like, what's happening physiologically and why that happens. But spiritually, I think we could present a case that when we fast or when we participate in this, it's sort of like this jumpstart or this kickstart or this kind of inciting incident that now opens us up to things that we wouldn't have been open to before, Right? Um, let, you ever bought a new car before and then all of a sudden you realize everybody else has got your car? 
right? I bought a Forerunner one time, and I was like, oh my gosh, everybody drives Forerunners. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you do something like fasting, it sort of jumpstarts you or kickstarts you and opens you to seeing new things. Um, so I would say that's one thing. Uh, another possibility or spiritual benefit is not only that it opens us up to new things, but it's a way by which we can manifest what we believe. So we actually manifest in physical time and space something that we believe. Listen, you and I probably um, would say that we believe all, all kinds of things about God. Well, let me not assume anything. Um, I would say I believe all kinds of things about God. I would say that God has the power to heal. I would say that the Holy Spirit is at work in the world, has, has taken up residence in me as a follower of Jesus. I would say that uh, the Spirit does miraculous things in me and through me in the world and often other believers. Uh, I depend on God, not for, and not only, I depend on God. Uh, I've given God control over my life, my will, my volition, right? I follow Jesus, so I've, I, I believe all of these things and I say these things. Um, Peter Rollins says that our belief is always hidden in our action or it's cloaked in our action. So we say we believe something, but what we believe is actually cloaked or hidden in our actions. So what does he mean by this? I think he means that what we truly believe is, is hidden by our actions, but we act in the world based on what we believe to be true about the world and, and God and people around us. So we can say we believe whatever we want with our words, but what, what Rollins is saying is if you want to know what somebody believes, watch what they do. Because what they believe is cloaked in their actions. So like if you were to drape a cloak over the top of me, you'd be able to see my form, right? You'd see the outline, you'd see that I have a small head and I wear glasses, or that I'm about this tall. What I believe, what I say I believe, is cloaked in how I live, in the actions that I actually live out. So with fasting, it's a way by which we manifest in the world, in real time and space, something that we believe about God. That, God, that I'm hungry for God, that I desire God, that I'm desperate for God. I mean, how many of us have said before, you know, um, I, I, I want God to be uh, more a part of my life. I want, I want to experience more of the Spirit of God. I want to do all these things, so on and so forth. We might say these things, but fasting is a way that we can manifest what we believe, which I'll, I'll, I'll end with this as far as spiritual benefits. And we talked about this last week. Fasting exposes our heart. Right? When we talked about secrecy, we talked about the fact that it, it exposes our motivations and our desires. Fasting, and similarly, I would say, exposes our heart. Um, I've been reading this book uh, in preparation for this week, and I was telling my wife uh, earlier, I, this is probably the worst theologically constructed book I've read in a very long time. <laughs> it is brutal. There's all kind, I mean, there's just red flags going off in my head as I'm reading this. I'm like, you can't do that. That's a terrible exegesis of that passage. Like, you can't say that. I mean, red flags going off all over the place. But it's absolutely convicted me this week, which is a really bizarre place for me to be. I'm a thinker, you know, I like theology, that kind of stuff. So I'm disagreeing with all this stuff that this person's saying and how they're getting to their conclusions. And yet, at the same time, I feel like the Spirit of God is just totally convicting me of some of the things that are going on in my heart. And here's one of the questions he puts, puts out. He says, essentially, fasting asks the question, what do you want? Like, what do you really, really want? What do you desire? What do you want? And if I answer that question honestly, most of the time it's comfort, the path of least resistance. Um, I want to be full. I want to eat what I want to eat. 
and I want it to taste good. Uh, what do you want? Fasting allows us to connect our physical hunger with something that we might say we believe or we want. I desire more of God. I want to experience God. Um, Job 23.12 says this, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Matthew 5 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And here's where my conviction lies. If you study the scriptures and you look, I would submit to you that more often than not, God feeds hungry people. God feeds hungry people. Whether they're expressing a physical hunger or a spiritual hunger, more often than not, God feeds hungry people. So when we make known our desire and we move it from I believe this or I say this to this concrete thing that I'm doing and this action that actually manifests what I believe, I think that we could be on pretty good ground by, in, in, in saying that God honors that. God responds to honest and contrite and authentic pursuit of him. Uh, God feeds hungry people. So I guess I would ask the question, what does it look like for you to communicate that to God with your actions? If you're here this morning and, you're, and, you, and you've said before, maybe um, I want to experience more of God. I want to experience the God that I read of in the Bible. Or I want to experience the power of God. I, I, I know the power of God because I read it and I believe it, but I want to like, experience it and feel it in my own life. If you've been there or said that, I would, I would maybe propose the question, what would it look like for you to communicate that to God with action, in action? And I think fasting is one of the ways that we can do that. So a few spiritual, and we could exhaust this in, in a long, drawn-out deal. I'm not going to do that this morning. I just want to open the can. I just want to prime the pump, so to speak. So I'm going to ask Katie, if you would, come on up here. And as she does, give a warm welcome for my good friend, Katie. Uh, no, no, no. Come on. Yeah, right up here, right up here. We're going to have a seat here. So... Um, Katie, if you would, maybe just share with our friends here a little bit about yourself. Give them just a thumbnail sketch of who you are and what you do, if you okay. could. I will try to do that <laughs> in a concise manner. Perfect. I'm Katie Sutherland. I'm a mother of two children who are drawing pictures. Cody Hi, Cody and Aubrey. and Aubrey. I am a wife and a sister and a friend, and that's probably the most important thing. I happen to love what I do, which is that I am a coach. I do... Um, I do therapy and rehab personal training at a company called Higher Power Training in Eden Prairie, and I'm really proud of um, the people that I work for, my boss and um, my coworkers. It's a really neat, little special little place. And, um, well, not little, it's big, but it's... Yeah, I was there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and I'm... Uh, Don't worry, I didn't work out. So I'm... <laughs> I would have loved. I, I would have loved to make Micah push the sled. That would have been fantastic. Josh's like, man, he's taking this seriously now. A lot of that. Um, I, I so I'm a personal trainer, but I'm a coach for detox and nutrition as well. And I have to say that the more I learn in general about the human body and how God has created us, the more I know I don't know, because it's an incredibly fascinating and. Um, unbelievably complex system that yeah. we've been created so yeah 
Um, so in a minute, we'll get to some of the things we talked about just kind of in prep for this morning. But I just want to read something, and I want to have you respond to it. So I was in research, I found this, and I was like, this to me seems pretty concise, and I think pretty right as far as what's happening. So the principle, is fasting is of, the principle of fasting is simple. You wouldn't think so. Uh, when the intake of food is temporarily stopped, many systems of the body are given a break from the hard work of digestion. The ener extra energy gives the body a chance to heal and restore itself, and burning stored calories gets rid of toxic substances stored in the body. What do you think? Absolutely. So um, fasting is, it is simple. I mean, when, when the blood flow is taken away from the digestive system um, and put out into the periphery, um, we begin to heal um, we begin to release toxicity, which in today's environment is is frightening, even for those of us who try to keep things as pure as we can. Um, I think of the awakened community as quite a forward-thinking community, maybe people who have their own gardens and their own chicken coops and, you know, things that... Um, did you know Micah has a chicken coop? <laughs> he does. Um, and they're laying eggs? They're laying well, one of them. The are? other two, man, we got to keep oh, these things going. Yeah. Stress works. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Scream yeah. at it. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stress and, and those things in life or that area of life usually go well together. Yeah. Laying eggs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Right. Good. So. Should we just be done? Is that yeah, that's good. Okay. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, I mean, you were saying like the digestive process takes a lot of blood in order to do its deal. And so when it's not happening, that blood is able to go elsewhere. Yeah, it is. And literally, it heightens the senses, physical senses, the, the smell, um, the taste of, of when you do eat. So I'll have people, uh, I'm as, as a witness to a, a woman who opened, she said, you know, when you open that almond extract bottle and you smell that smell, I had no idea where that came from because when you eat an almond... What? You don't smell it. She was like, I tasted it, Katie. I mm. tasted what you smell when you open the almond extract bottle. Um, or somebody who comes to me talking about a bowl of blueberries after a period of, of denial, um, primarily through detoxification is what I specialize in, is detox. And we'll she'll say, I, I, I ate a, a blueberry, a tangy one, and then a sweet one, and then a zippy one, and then, a, you know, and it's like she's talking about what is a three-quarter cup of blueberries as, like, this taste sensation, which... You all know you take for granted your fruit, and and that is a sweet and beautiful experience. But if you're, you know, your so your heightened awareness of your senses is, is what I'm getting to it. Um, this the the taste and the smell, and and I I would surmise to also say the leading of the spirit, the awareness of people around you. Um, when you when you make a choice to to release blood flow to other areas, you definitely are not, your, um, you know, your gut is so uh, brainstem oriented. It's not a higher thinking um, area of your body. And so higher thinking is what's, what's bringing you, you're more aware of that. So would you be say you're, you're open to new things maybe? Absolutely. Hmm, I would absolutely uh, reiterate <laughs> that brilliant point. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, that we pretty much, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about the liver, like what's happening? Sure. So when you, when you, when your 
body's able to, or you're, you're not eating, and so your liver's not doing the work that it's normally doing. What is it doing in, yeah, in its so place? Yeah, so there's just some interesting things that um, allow us to focus on healing when we deny ourselves um, digestion. You So you digest the foods you eat, and you use those for energy. Anything that's not used you know, the old principle of calories in, calories out, then gets stored to fat. So we have um, a precious, what would be, you know, in caveman terms, a precious fuel source. That's that's what fat was intended for, was really like a jewel of the body mm. to be used in stressful times. Um, unfortunately, with the availability of, of food and the way our bodies are, are beginning to s- store more and more, um, of that precious fuel, which we don't feel quite so right. happy about. Yes, yeah, yeah. different perspective of that. Um, so, so what's neat about uh, about fasting or, or or refocusing? So the liver is a source. Of, it, it allows um, the body to harness fat as as a fuel source for the br- brain. Um, so sugars are used to fuel the brain, um, glucose, glycogen, however you want to say it. Once it's broken down, we don't need to get into the details of it. But um, when when you're not giving yourself a, a fuel source directly from your gut of glucose or when those storage sites are depleted throughout the body, you then harness fat as a fuel source and toxins are released. They're stored primarily in, in your fat cells. So, so your toxicity lowers. Um, that can sometimes lead to adverse feelings, nauseousness, headaches, etc. if you're not well-balanced and taken care of. We'll get into that in a second. Um, so, and I would say that's more common than not right now. Um, so it, it's neat how our body is made to use what it's what it has as fuel so um the liver is incredibly important and is incredibly abused for for all of us we basically are asking it to multitask all the time um with what with what a lot of us are eating high more sugar than we need um processed foods etc um so it's neat to give the liver a break and let it do what it's really good at, which is helping the body to heal. Nice. Um, <clears throat> okay, so you and I were talking, and w- we were talking about fasting, and you said something to the effect of, Micah, I don't know that I would recommend to just like, I don't know that if I were you, I wouldn't, I'm not sure I would say to the people at Awaken, I would, I would encourage you to fast. Um, and it took me by surprise, but then we kind of started working through it. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about why you thought, why you think that. Because I think it's one really smart, just like physiological, theological combination. But I think it's a pretty sweet hermeneutic move that I don't even know if you n- knew that you did. Right. And I didn't know what that word meant when you said it to me. Yeah. And I was like, huh? Yeah. That's a hermeneutic. I know, Sounds right? like a turtle or something. Sounds like you know? a glycogen. It does. Like a glycogen. Yeah. yeah wrong. So the mm. theology and the physiology. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't okay, know. Okay. So you, you said, I don't know if I would yeah, so, talk about that. So I had kind of a sleepless night before I met with Micah because... I 
I just didn't know that I wanted to, uh, here is what I am, is I'm just a witness of what I've worked with. And so for the years that I've been doing this, I, I, um, I just, people are so broken physically and spiritually. Um, we are broken physically and spiritually. And, and it, it, it's a combination of, a, uh, there's a combination of a lot of reasons that, that that's happening. I mean, there's just so much information about what we should and what we shouldn't be doing. And, and at the end of the day, I think a lot of us are not in a place, uh, an ideal place too fast. Because, because I thought about um, in biblical times when um, all of these amazing people right. w were fasting, they were coming out of a diet and a lifestyle that is very unlike what we are living in. For instance, eating seasonally. Um, eating f fresh daily bread. Meaning seasonally, meaning like every three to four months, their diet would completely change Com because what was in season is now not. Exactly. And in that, there is an autoimmune benefit to eating seasonally. So anything that you eat on a very regular basis becomes a sensitivity to your system, almost like something that your body recognizes as a foreign substance on a regular basis. So if you eat broccoli all the time, it's p a potential inflammatory food for you. But it wouldn't be if you ate it seasonally. It wouldn't be if you ate it seasonally because every three months or so, your white and red blood cells, uh, well, every 12 it depends on the type of cell. <laughs> it depends on the type of, <laughs> oh my goodness, I get way too detailed. But um, it d depends on the type of cell. But it, in essence, your blood cells recognize what's coming into your body. And those cells recycle themselves over time. So if you eat seasonally, um, like I think we were meant to, you, you don't recognize because, because the recognition has been recycled, sure. so you no longer acknowledge it as a foreign substance or as an inflammatory substance. So that's why they say like if you avoid something that you're allergic to for a long period of time, you can then reintroduce it back into your diet because your body no longer recognizes it. So these so people were like eating seasonally. They, they were, were eating seasonally. Eating they were eating whole foods. They were eating fish. They were eating game. They were... Uh, Things were not processed. Things were not packaged. They walked everywhere they went? Done. I mean, they were healthy, okay? <laughs> so it is. So, so you're talking about, like, ultra, in my mind, healthy, really people, healthy people, super help, uber healthy people, and they didn't have the kind of chemical toxicity that just our, the air we breathe has. So yeah. that's, what, that's what kept me up that night, is right. I was thinking fasting is kind of dangerous, can be. Can be dangerous. Sure. In my mind, from as a witness of what I've experienced, from what I see, um, because when I ask people to eliminate certain things and their body starts to burn fat as a fuel source and their uh, toxicity increases, they don't have the support, the nutrition um, to keep themselves healthy sure. in that time. So, so in light of, you know, so we have this, we have this, biblical witness of fasting as this not only spiritual but physiological um, beneficial experience so we have that but then we have the culture that we live in and this is where the hermeneutics came in like we have to take what was there 
because it's there, right? The Bible says this is a good idea, fasting, for a lot of reasons. And we have to figure out what's the spiritual thing behind the thing. Like what does fasting get at? And how do we translate that into 2012? So that's our goal. That's our task. So if you're sitting here this morning thinking, okay, that's nice. Fasting says to fast in the Bible, but you say that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I appreciate your time. Um, like what's, what would you recommend physiologically that would still get at the heart of what fasting does in the scriptures? Does that question make sense? Yes, okay. it does. So um, there was like three pages of journaling that happened to answer this question. And what, when I boil it all down, I'm thinking about each of us is on our own journey. And, and if I was to sit down one-on-one with each of you, um, we would spend an hour to two hours maybe coming up with a protocol or, or a way that this would be implemented in your life. Well, I just can't. We, we, yeah. We're not doing that. So, so <laughs> Unless you'd like to go at a higher power and, be, no, you know, Katie has two kids right over here. Um, you know, so, but, but I think that God will ordain you to, uh, uh, to see your life. And I'm thinking about, you know, an aspect of journaling, a, a day in the life, a week in the life of your nutrition, of your choices, uh, of really asking God is to, to open up to you, your heart of, you know, what are the things that are hindering me from your spirit, brainstem wise, my gut, you know, what is it that I do? Maybe it's fasting from gum chewing. I have a bat world's best back specialist that says chewing gum makes you stupid. Okay. <laughs> That's just what he said to a whole group of people. He said, chewing gum makes you stupid because it just keeps you connected with that brain stem. Hmm. It also deadens your senses. Um, I'm not bashing chewing gum. Sorry. If you want to swallow your gum right now, this would be a good time. <laughs> or place it underneath. The what do you think I about <laughs> Altoids? <laughs> okay, keep going. Um, you know, so maybe it's something as simple as that, that you fast from something that you, you see as deadening your senses. There's also simple um, fasting from inf common inflammatory foods. Um, and some of you may want to, you know, judo chop me for saying some of these things. But common inflammatory foods would be things in the milk dairy family, um, would be something that you eat all the time, um, any packaged artificial foods, um, Maybe it's something that you depend on for an end. You know, maybe it's too much caffeine. There's a, um, uh, there's a whole spectrum of these people over here say that caffeine's going to kill you, and then there's definite research to show that coffee drinkers, specifically coffee drinkers, live five years longer than non-coffee drinkers. So, <laughs> so it's um, so I kind of come to the middle of that and say, well, how about twelve ounces? You know, maybe so. Maybe sure. it's fasting and coming all to things a, in moderation. Uh, all things in moderation. Um, maybe it's trying to modify recipes. So, so, so what I'm saying about fasting is we could go all the way to well. Drink all protein shakes and vegetables and fruit. That nearly killed me. And one, <laughs> and one meal. Um, uh, you know, really focus on eating whole foods and macronutrient-rich foods. In other words, things that only can come up from um, plants, fruits, vegetables. Um, maybe it's really focusing in on those things. So I just, I guess my answer is less and less of a protocol and more mm. and more of let the Spirit of God lead you, show you, 
what you could fast from in your life. And then there are definitely uh, great books, too, that really bring, lead you. You know, maybe that's a preparatory phase. But I would, I, I always think about, um, you know, what's really going to benefit you long term. Don't do something for the purpose right. of... Yeah. Uh, just right this second. I mean, I would think this practice can be something that that can change your habits to hopefully would. Yeah, yeah spiritual daily habits. Um, you know that lead you into a, a more c- community uh, to commune with God on a more regular basis on on a cerebral basis because of what you said, your actions. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, food is a powerful way of transposing. You know, yeah. you're at a restaurant and you could choose the burger or the salad and you just prayerfully say, Lord, I give you my body and I give you my choices. And, and I, I give really you, want that burger. And I super want that burger really bad. But I'm going to eat that salad. <laughs> so um, I guess the, the answer. I mean, that's, that's about it, right? I mean, we talk about yeah. spiritual things and it's like, oh, all the theological, the, you got to have, I mean, it comes down to that kind of moment. It right does. where we say, I really want that, but this is yours, God. Like you have bought this at a price, and like I've committed to walk this way to follow Jesus, and so I'm going to choose this because I know this is better for me. And as a witness to the people that I've worked with and in myself, I feel like it is just such an awesome thing to give to God that mm-hmm. that daily bite for bite choice of I'm going to nourish this body that you've given me so that I can do your work so that because you know there's a meal that you eat that causes you to want to take a nap and then there's a meal that you eat that causes you to want to engage and take a walk and be a part of people's lives so I would I would say whatever that is that that makes you want to I feel like I'm I'm satisfied and I feel good and I'm not in nap state so cool um, curious questions, if there are any. Um, maybe just a few minutes, if, if, if there's a couple of questions that people want to ask. Probably Katie. <laughs> um, feel free. Yeah, Blaine. I was going to ask that. Resources. Mm-hmm. Or would you be willing to like put together a list of resources, maybe some books or something, and could we post it? Sure. Yes, that's a great. Um, there's a couple. Uh, there's a couple great resources books that I can just name off the top of my head to, um, for whatever. This is a variety of topics, but there's a there's a book called The Fast Track Detox Diet. That's a great resource. Um, there's a. Uh, Johnny Bowden writes some really great books. Maybe some of you are familiar with them. Um, Most Natural Cures, 100 Most Natural Cures on Earth, um, Healthiest Meals, 15-Minute Healthiest Meals, and then um, other recipe books that have great resources for maybe just editing to healthier choices um, to support your body in healing. Um, uh, the clear skin diet is an incredibly, it's, it's a little more heady, um, but it talks about the physiological, neurological benefits of eating clean um, food. 
so those are just a few Are you familiar books. with the documentary, something about nearly dead? <laughs> Has anyone seen this? Fact, sick, and nearly dead. I watched dead. it, what yes. I mean, um, do you, what do I for think those of, of us that like to watch things instead yeah, of read things. Yeah, so that's a really, that's a really neat, that's a really interesting, um, he, so he, what did he, did he eat only Mc yeah. Oh, yeah. He ate only juice. Yeah, that's yes, it was. Me. That's yeah, super size me is really <coughs> sick too. Um, uh, Food Inc. is like a really gross documentary <laughs> that'll make yeah. you never want to eat anything again. Um, there's just, I mean, there's so much information out there. It's almost, it's super overwhelming, actually. Right. I think. Which so we'll, is, we'll try to put together a list of best, best. I also that am gonna, yeah, some good books. Um. Here's something that I want to post, though. I'm going to um, uh, post a, a juice recipe. It's a, a detox juice recipe, so it has some um, herbs and uh, cranberry juice and lemon juice, lime it's really juice. Good. Delish. And it's uh, really tart, but it, it has a, lo a lot of really neat benefits, which I'll list as well, um, staving off cravings and other things. It's just... Increasing your fluid intake, it, it helps with, I think, sometimes I think when you want to change a habit or when you want to stop doing something, you should start mm. something. So instead of saying, I won't do that, focus more on a, I will it's do this. It's kind of like the yes thing, Jim Carrey, yes man, right? Yes man. <laughs> that is a, a funny movie. Um, so... So, like, like this detox juice recipe, you simply add this into your water intake on a daily basis, and then suddenly that intentionality just breeds more. Good perpetuates good. I've very rarely seen um, bad perpetuate good uh, for a long-term change with mm -hmm. anyone that I've ever worked with. Good perpetuates good. So when people will say, oh, I stopped X, and, it, and Y happened, and I love Y, and so then they just keep going, and they're so happy. So... Yeah, good perpetuates good, definitely. So so try to think of ways, too, to not say, I'm going to not do this. Try to think of ways of saying, I'm going to do this. Nice. So. Um, yeah, maybe you know, one more. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I was thinking in terms of, suppose I was to uh, stop fasting for a couple-day period of time. Um, how does one keep his mood sound? Because, you know, when you're hungry, you get hungry. Yeah. Um, Ask my kids. What's the best way to keep your mood kind of sound? I mean, you have a lot of that sports and running stuff like that. I'm sure it feels better when you're emotionally full. Sure. You know, can I give a crack at that? Having I would just like for you to give a I did a two-day detox and prep for today uh, with Katie, and um, it was brutal. Um, there were a lot of, th I, I think, um, and this is confirmed, I think, physiologically, there was a lot of toxins that were released in my body that made me feel terrible. Uh, I had, a, had like a splitting headache for a day, and um, I felt like I had the flu, you know, like just really achy. Um, so here was, here was my thought. If you're going to do something like this, one, don't do it with, don't just do it willy-nilly. Like, find some good information. Talk to me. Talk to Katie. Because um, you can do harm to yourself if you do it poorly. But two, uh, I w if I were to do it again, I would carve out a section of time in my life where I knew I wasn't going to be engaging. I had a wedding rehearsal yesterday and a wedding today. If I had it to do over again, I, I would have 
taken a little bit more time on the front end and the back end where I wasn't really engaged with my family and my kids and I didn't have a lot of vocational things that I was doing because you're going to want to really pay attention to your body and you're going to want to rest and really let your body heal. Um, so when you open the door to that kind of thing, like, beware, it'll happen. It, it, it'll actually work. And correct me if I'm wrong, these biblical circumstances of fasting, they were like out in the wilderness. Right. Fa- I mean, right. they like they separated themselves from the sure. universe, yeah. right? I mean, I've Cause I, you're not honestly, fun to be around. I, I don't, I didn't hear what that, what was said, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've considered doing like a three or four day personal retreat and connecting a two day fast to it, like by myself in the woods. Um, so can we thank Katie for being here? Um, thank you. She will, um, she'll be here, you know, afterwards, and, and if you have specific questions and want to ask her about those, please feel free. Um, I'll ask Ben to come, and we're going to just, we're going to close um, with an, a really old song um, that I think is a bit, I think, appropriate for our topic, and really to kind of finish this series on channels. Um, and so here's what I want to encourage you with uh, as you leave today, um, it's particularly um, connected to fasting. Um, we're talking about really elemental things, right? Like our bodies and the food that we put in them uh, and our experience with and our relationship with God and the connection between the two, right? I think so often in theology and in, in church land, we have, this, we have this tendency to kind of differentiate or um, sort of create different boxes for certain things. And I think one of the things that I'm learning and I think we're learning as a community is that so many of these things are connected. Like what I put in my body or what I don't put in my body has a direct effect on how I relate to and how I experience God, this ineffable spiritual being. Um, And that's totally 100% real. Um, It's not just biblical, it's not just in the Bible, it's not just Christians that have said this. This is a human um, like truth that people have come upon. So I think that we can say this is, this is real. And so I want to just encourage you to think about maybe this next week, what would it look like for you to take some part of your diet, what you put in your body, surrender that to God, and allow God to interact with you on that. So maybe it's something, um, water, drink a lot of water for sure. Um, you know, if you, I, I enjoy brewing beer, and I'm considering, like, what would it look like for me? I'm just trying to make this totally practical for, for you guys. Um, I'm thinking about what would it look like for me to just not consume beer for 30 days or something like that, to just as a way for me to say, God, this is not something that owns me. Um, I own it, and, I, and there's a relationship here that I want to make sure is pure and healthy, and in doing so, I want to do that with you. Um, so maybe it's maybe whatever it is for you, but I want to just encourage you to think about this, think about that this next week, um, as you kind of leave this series and uh, hopefully practice some of the things that we've been doing. Um, so I'm going to turn, I'm going to pray and then turn it over to Ben. And I think we're just going to play through the song for just a, a few moments, and I'd love for you to just think, meditate. Um, uh, kids, you're invited into this as well. Listen to Ben; he's got unbelievable notes he plays. So listen for all of the notes; they're beautiful. Uh, and just really meditate on it. So let me pray, and we'll, we'll um, think for a moment and then sing together. So pray with me. God, I ask that um, as we finish up this series, um, you, all, you say in your word that when we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. 
And so God, um, certainly personally, but, but I think collectively, um, we have said by taking these last seven weeks and studying these things that we want to draw near to you. We want to experience you in, in very real ways. We want to know the power of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead. We believe that happened in our heads, uh, many of us, and yet um, we want to experience it. And so, God, I guess as we um, kind of close the chapter on this series, that uh, I pray that it would continue to bear fruit in our lives as we um, participate and um, discipline ourselves to, to do these things that we know will bear fruit. So I just ask that your spirit would go with my friends and with me as we integrate and interpret these things that you've been doing and saying to us. You can find us online at www.awakeningcommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash awakeningcommunity or on Twitter at awakeningcommunity. See you next time.